week's episode of Pop Culture Double Day. (laughs) (laughs) This week, we are talking about the finale, not just the season finale, the finale finale of Game of Thrones. Um, It's season eight, episode six. I don't really know the name of this episode, but it's the final episode of Game of Thrones. It's called the Iron Throne. Okay, it's, it's the Iron Throne. Now, the internet has been ablaze for the last two weeks. Um, basically criticizing the quality of the episodes four and five of Game of Thrones, right? So, um, a lot of people were saying, saying that the writing is quite weak, that things are moving along too quickly, that some of the character motivations don't, don't make sense. I think we here at Pop Culture Double Date have been quite circumspect. I think we've been more measured. I would like to say, in our view of um, the last two episodes. Um, I'm not sure we're going to be as measured today. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I I think the way we're going to talk about this episode is that we're going to go around and basically talk about what we thought of the episode generally, right? Whether we liked it, whether we disliked it. And then maybe we can go back and... uh, This episode basically is comprised of three acts, right? The first act is um, the murder of Danny. Like, Danny is... Spoilers! Sorry, this is a full spoilers podcast. I'm sorry if anyone turned in and got spoiled by that. But yeah, Danny gets murdered in the first act of this episode. The second act of, of this episode is everyone sitting around trying to find a new king or queen, and the last act of the ep- this episode is a ser- series of epilogues. Um, so that was it for Game of Thrones. Um, it was, like, for my money, it was an incredibly weird episode. It Look, I'm, I'm going to hand it over to someone else to fire first. Um, who wants to shoot first on what they thought of this episode, this finale to Game of Thrones? <laughs> Jerry and Joe Mags, who who wants to who wants to shoot first? Jerry, why don't you go, mate? <laughs> okay. Um, I think there is probably a consensus around the table that the worst TV finale of all time, or at least of recent times, certainly of the last two decades, was Lost. Yes. Um, and closely followed, I think by the finale for How I Met Your Mother, which was such an abysmal, disgraceful way to end what had previously been a truly, genuinely interesting, funny, and innovative show that, to this day, the thought of how that show ended still makes my blood boil. And I think, though, that there is a fair argument that we have now a, a trilogy of truly terrible t- television finales in the form of this episode of television. Um, the fact that I'm breaking out in laughter is not, is not out of any sense of enjoyment at what I saw. It was just, it is, it is more disbelief than anything else. Um, it is all, bearing in mind that Benioff and Weiss both wrote and directed this episode, it's very, very hard to see how they didn't intend either to give their audience a massive middle finger or just were so incompetent that they, they didn't realise that that is exactly how it would have felt in living rooms all around the world. 
<laughs> look, there are probably others who, who, who hate this episode more vehemently than I do. And I, in fact, I, I can't say that I hate it. But I say it is terrible because it, it, it does such a grave injustice to the story that preceded it and the characters we followed for almost a decade. Um, and to see, for instance, just how perfunctory every beat was, the the murder of Danny really just came off the back of um, Tyrion doing a Cassius to John's Brutus over what was quite a well-acted scene, but... You know, you could see the plot mechanics and the wheels turning in a very laboured fashion in that scene, and it leads it leads to Danny's murder in this most thoroughly anticlimactic fashion. You would have thought, given that she is the queen, given that she is in King's Landing, given that she's no doubt made enemies all around the city, that she would at least have you know a bodyguard. A god, yes. <laughs> yeah, particularly particularly as she is in the throne room. Uh, but that was, uh, that was not to be. Um, and so she gets shivved in what feels like a really flat and ultimately very unsatisfying scene. This then leads to the middle section of the episode, which is the, the council of assorted weird lords and ladies. I honestly don't understand how some of the people who turn up at this scene got their seat on this um, ad hoc council of the good and great of Westeros. For example, um, whilst I really dig Sir Davos, what's he doing there? Uh, what is, um, what's Samuel doing there? there there's, a, there's a moment when, when Sam Tarly says, we, we represent the great houses of Westeros, which I suppose in his case is kind of true, given that he is the, the surviving male Tarly, but it, it's still weird to have him mouth those words. And, you know, the idea that Tyrion, in chains, brought before this council for the purposes of the pronouncement of his sentence for having committed treason, somehow talks everyone into selecting Bran as king, <laughs> it was just so, so weird. It was just so, so was just weird. So, I so I agree mean, with you, Gerald. We have, like... seen, we, have seen Tyrion, we have seen Tyrion in chains deliver virtuoso tour de force scenes before most 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 memorably at his trial for the death of Joffrey. But this just didn't scan. This was such a truly uh, bizarre scene. For a moment, I, I thought this show had become a parody of itself. I just didn't understand the logic of how that scene worked. And then you get the, the epilogues, which, again, had a really – which were totally, again, very strange – the small council scene where uh, Tyrion, we spend what feels like 20 minutes with Tyrion arranging the furniture before the first meeting of, of King Bran's small council. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a small council with friggin' Bronn in it. I mean, Bronn has had a long history of failing upward in this show, but, but to be master of the coin? How? What, um, what, is his, and, what are his qualifications? Like, oh, look, I... Agreed. Yeah, so, right, so, agreed. Because he's like he's like the only he's like the he's like one of the five living people still in King's Landing, um, and so you know he's master of the coin, uh, and 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 what is what is I don't know what Brienne's position is, but it's obviously very uh, very important. I thought I thought for a moment that she was going to be Lady Commander of the King's Guard, and she may yet be though that that could be Podrick. So. Um, 
you know, I, I, I was lost there. But what was really strange about it was just how how totally strange and t- totally bizarre that scene was. It was there was there, I think there was an attempt at humor there, but it sort of fell flat in his face, and it kind of was such a low energy, you know, scene that one couldn't help but scratch one's head and think, what? And then the scenes that followed, like, what? Can I ask why it is that, having granted independence to the North, Bran wasn't then confronted with the Iron Islands, Dawn? Agreed. Um, this is exactly what else? I said to Mags. Like besieging for independence. Yeah, that that scene made no sense in a show that was about power politics, and everything up to this point had been people followed. You, you know, people followed what you would have expected in games of power politics. This last episode felt farcical. It felt like it was fanfic. Honestly, it felt for me. So sorry, Jez, I, I cut you off there. But no, but, but me, it, was worse, it was worse than it was worse than fan fiction because fan fiction, no matter how badly written, still aspires to be true to the source material. It, it uh, you know, well, if it's not attempting a parody, it tries to be a continuation of and true to the, the the original material. This was such a complete break from not just the past seven seasons, but the past five episodes. And I, I didn't think for a moment, I thought we were watching a completely different show. You know, my and reaction was exactly the same. I turned around to Mags and I was like, this feels so off. I was laughing during the episode and I also enjoyed it, but... Not for the right reasons. I enjoyed it because I felt it was like comedic, right? It was like, how are they doing this? This is the weirdest thing I'm watching on TV. Like, if their aim was to subvert expectations, good work, because this was not what I was expecting, but in a bad way, in a really bad way. So, yeah. It's. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I've gone, on, I've gone on for far too long, but I just want to note that. Um, that you know, John's John's are completely fizzled out. I mean, that just that just that was a story that just disappeared up in the, up its own bumhole and 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 went nowhere. So, all in all, <laughs> I think I think we, we, years from now, look honestly, I think this is so thoroughly poisoned the waters. I just don't see how there'll be much interest in the prequel series that HBO has given the green light to. I, I just think they've really pissed away the legacy of this show, and and and. I just don't, I just don't imagine there's enough goodwill to carry this universe forward as another television show. Mm. But look, I could be wrong. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Um, who wants to go next? Mags, Anaja, me. I'll, I'll go. Go, Mags. I'll go, go. next. <laughs> um, well, for me, it was uh, <laughs> it was a startling ending. <laughs> this entire series. Um, I completely agree with everything that Gerald just said. Um, A few observations from me. Um, When John knifed Danny, I found that a really anticlimactic moment and deeply dissatisfying. Um, When Drogon showed up, for whatever reason, he seemed to know that she had died. I wanted John to get into a, a fisticuff with Drogon, but that didn't happen. I think that would have been fun um, if they were going to go there in this sort of real, you know, alternate universe that they seem to have created for this one episode. Um, and it just didn't, like, it made no sense to me that Drogon seemed to know to destroy the Iron Throne, but not John. 
who had actually killed his mother. That seemed a bit strange. Grey Worm spent most of the episode gnashing his teeth, um, which I thought was also a bit of an anticlimactic ending to his character as well. Um, the shout-out to Democracy by Samuel Tarly at the, um, the scene where they were choosing the next king. Um, I thought that was a bit of a strange moment. It felt almost like, um, oh, oh, what is it called again? Fourth wall the, breaking. Uh, fourth sorry? Wall, fourth wall breaking. It was almost, I felt it was almost a nudge and wink to the audience, right? And anyway, look, I, that was that was my view. Maybe uh, that's that's not what you were intending to say, Max. Well, it reminded me of Monty Python, that whole scene. When Sam, that's it, yeah, when yeah. Samuel stood up and was talking about it and then they all burst out laughing and looked at each other. It felt very Monty Python-esque, which just seemed so out of place. Um, and then Bran's lines when they were choosing him and then from that point onwards, they just made him seem super sassy rather than all-knowing, um, particularly at the end when he sort of delegated all the decision-making about how to, you know, restore King's Landing to the small council and then went off to go and wag into Drogon to try and find him as he's flying east. With Daenerys's body. It just seemed like a very strange moment as well. Um, so all in all, um, I mean, there were some great moments. So, for example, I thought Peter Dinklage um, did a really great performance throughout the episode with the material that he had. Um, there were some good scenes, um, emotional scenes, um, and I thought some of the shots um, throughout the episode, like the throne room scene when Sansa was being um, crowned, and uh, the scene where Daenerys was walking out of the Red Keep to address the Unsullied and Drogon's wings started to appear behind her, I thought that was quite beautiful. Um, but all in all, it was, yes, a very surprising episode. <laughs> okay, look, Anija, do you want to go next or should I? Should I shoot yeah, first? look, I'm so sad. I'm so sad. You oh. guys can laugh. <laughs> But I could cry. I am so oh. sad. Oh, like, oh, okay, so <laughs> I am so disappointed about John's arc because personally, and I'm not saying that Gurm or the Double Ds or anybody had any kind of obligation to deliver this to me, but I am so disappointed that John did not get the hero's arc because they set it up. You know, he was the secret king, secret heir to the whole kingdom, secret Targaryen, born of a forbidden love that sparked a war, a secret kept for God knows how many years, you know? And it meant nothing. And it's so beautifully revealed. <laughs> a, yeah. a secret that took seven seasons to finally reveal yeah. <laughs> and came to absolutely nothing. That beautiful theme song that they have for John, you know, that yeah. just awe-inspiring, lifting, heroic, moving theme song that came to what? Nothing. It came to nothing. And I'm so sad because while they didn't have to give me a hero, I really wanted him to be one. And I just am gutted and sad and devastated. And I just can't, I just feel like everything I invested in has been a massive waste of time and energy and emotions. And nothing will really make that right. Because I love the idea of a story where people get killed and no one has a hero's shield, except 
the one hero, please. Just one person. Just give me one person that you know is 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 better than the rest. Has like ideals that we can aspire to that no one could really live up to, but we can aspire to and believe in as something greater. I thought that was the story that we were telling, and it wasn't. And it was it was like a rug just 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 ripped out from under my feet, and I I couldn't believe it. I thought I was in my own bad dream, or maybe I was in Gerald's bad dream, but I just couldn't believe it. <laughs> was happening so in a bit more detail i was so devastated that john had to be convinced by Tyrion that danny was bad like what you saw it you saw what she did you saw the burnt children and you're still sitting there going oh my but queen. she's my queen oh <laughs> oh but is it really so bad what she did oh well it's her decision like oh my god like my heart broke my heart shattered when he did that and i just thought wow so there is nothing good in you after all there's no moral backbone there's nothing great in you i am so devastated you lied to me john you lied to me for eight seasons and for 10 years you lied to me i was devastated and then he pretty much metaphorically knifes her in the back I know he knifed her in the front, but come on. <laughs> she did not see it coming. She did not see it coming. You know, he kind of played the Jamie Lannister role, I guess. Yeah, but, but do, do you know what I felt on. was really... Sorry, sorry. So no, he no, did no. absolutely play the Jamie Lannister role, right? Because, But then, thematically, they didn't try to tie him into Jamie Lannister, right? They didn't... Like, it, I know. It, it was kind of They like, made no reference yeah, to it, no nod to it. Exactly, right? It, there was nothing about how, like, John, there's this realisation that Jamie Lannister, at that moment, may not have been as horrible an Oathbreaker as everybody made him out to be, right? Like, yeah, it was just like, there were so many missed opportunities. It, like, it, Tyrion, that was a great opportunity for Tyrion to say something, or, yeah. I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, that was a missed opportunity. Instead, they preferred to spend heaps of time us watching Tyrion straighten the chairs in the meeting room because that's a good way to spend time. Um, Anyway, so, yeah, so so devastated by the way Danny died. I just, like, really? Like, is that it? It's so anticlimactic. So anticlimactic that they didn't have enough of a discussion. She didn't have enough of a reckoning. She, she, ah, there wasn't enough drama. There wasn't, there was, there there wasn't enough. Like we followed her since she was a child, since she walked into the flames and three dragons appeared. We followed her all this time and she's just going to be snuffed out like that, like a fly that you're swatting. I just, I'm so angry that this is how it went. And again, no one, you know, I don't deserve a certain story and they don't owe it to me, but I just feel like I was betrayed. (laughs) (laughs) D&D knifed you in the front. (laughs) Yes, in the front. In the front. I should have seen it coming. And yeah, look, of course, I don't, I guess I can understand why Drogon didn't kill Jon. Maybe it's just some, some lasting loyalty to the last Targaryen. I don't know. So that was that scene. Now, the second scene where the prisoners are gathered, you know, where Tyrion is brought to the council. I'm I'm just so furious that they think we are dumb enough to believe that Grey Worm would not have just executed Tyrion and Jon right there. Jon's just killed Daenerys. You think Grey Worm would have 
put him in the prison and then called a council can I, can of, I of elders? A, can I ask a quick question though here? Okay, so this is this is. Let's just get straight into the meeting because this is actually one of the things that I was noticed was how would anybody even know that John killed Daenerys? Because no one, she has no guards, as Jory said. In the John would have copped up to it. There's nobody. There's nobody. And said to Grey Worm, look, I just killed Daenerys. Drogon's flown off with her body, but there is a pool of blood as evidence to verify that I've just killed Yeah. yeah. Just like, what? Grey Worm would have killed him straight away. Exactly. So oh. Don't bullshit me. <laughs> Don't bullshit me. If you're going to bullshit me like this, then at least let John go and be king. Like, at least give me that. Even if he couldn't get there in a heroic way, just at least give me that. But no. No. Oh, my God. He gets exiled. I just don't oh, – I don't know what to say about it. I mean, I guess, I guess good for him. Like, I guess he really didn't have the chops to be king or take any real position of responsibility for longer than 40 seconds. So good for him that he gets to go frolic off into the wild. And now that he's lost his much cooler pet dragon, he finally, yeah, you know, finds it in him to pet his dog. <laughs> so, and then I thought all of the scenes with Tyrion and these this, this comic interlude that they just put in there for about 15 minutes. I thought that was a freaking insult, right? <laughs> after, after how you did us so dirty, Double Ds, and then you put a comic interlude in there, like just to really rub it into our faces, I was not impressed, not impressed at all. I hated this episode. You know, I have given it the benefit of the doubt all the way till the end, but this is, this is a travesty. It's a crap episode, and I just will not, I just I won't even read the books. If this is the way the story is going to go in the books, um, unless we get a guarantee that it's not this way, I certainly <laughs> won't be reading it. What Garum needs to ride in blood. Okay, so okay, so um, yes, I would probably agree with most of your points, Anija, and I, I think I <laughs> I think we're all kind of in agreement that this was a this is a look. I don't I, I like to use. It's felt like a farce of an episode, right? It didn't feel like Game of Thrones. Basically, I felt like the first 10 minutes felt like Game of Thrones. Like, walking through this blasted city felt like Game of Thrones. And and then, basically, the way... I absolutely agree. The way... So, either John had the chops and just said to himself, I have to end this, right? But even if he had, a, had to end this, it, it didn't feel like knifing her would have been... I, I don't know. There's something weird about this idea of just knifing her in the throne, throne room, right? It feels weird that John would do something like that. Like Which if, she doesn't see it coming and can't defend herself. Yeah. The coward's move. Yeah, and he, at all points in this series, has never acted like that, right? Like, he's always been the dumb, honourable one who chooses paths. Like, it's like the Eddard Stark path, right? Which is when you find out that Cersei has... Father, uh, has um, Cersei's kids are bastards, you tell her first before you make a move, right? It feels like John is the type of person who would do that sort of thing. And then he just decides to knife her off one conversation with Tyrion. It feels I like... Think that if, if they had actually built this love story between John and Danny, which they didn't, 
right? There wasn't yeah. enough time. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't really sell it. If we had believed that these two truly loved each other, then maybe that scene could have felt different. Yeah. But we didn't, and so it's it just felt like but, John was being dishonorable. But this is the crux. This is the crux of why this episode falls apart, right? This episode, basically, in my mind, is like the apotheosis of everything that has gone wrong in the last two seasons of Game of Thrones. Before this final episode, I actually went back and rewatched season one to five because online everybody is waxing nostalgic about the better times. And the reality is that those episodes in season one to five, they would have had their flaws as well. But the problem is the difference is that the pacing was more consistent with this last these last two seasons, the pacing has been all over the place. And more than that, it feels like they've sort of marked out these plot points for them, for themselves, and just said, I need to be there by this time. So therefore, even if it doesn't make sense, we'll just make sure it goes there. And this episode, they were like, oh, damn, I've only got one episode left, and I need to be here, here, and here. So Danny needs to die, we need to have this weird brand election thing, and then we need to have our epilogues. So we'll just rush that through. Bang, bang, bang. And, And the problem is that nothing feels earned. Nothing feels earned. Nothing feels logical, right? The fact that we're sitting here and having a laugh basically means that this episode is in like the predator territory right where we're sitting here and questioning the internal logic of everything right like the fact that when i was watching that king's moot or whatever it is the election of the king thing like i was completely not i didn't feel like in previous episodes of game of thrones i'm just enthralled right i'm sitting there i even if there are minor inconsistencies i'm willing to overlook them because of um the sort of how engrossed you are in the world this episode, I'm completely not engrossed because there are so many illogical, crazy things that are happening that I'm sitting there, like, laughing my ass off, right? Like, basically, the first ten minutes are very serious, and then after that, it just becomes farcical. It, it honestly becomes farcical, right? Like, the way they move from plot point to plot point. Now, if... I'm not necessarily saying that those specific points, the end points, are necessarily wrong. Like, the end points can be done in however way in whatever way they want right if they wanted to make danny a villain and they wanted her to die that's fine as a final plot destination but the way to get there needs to be earned and absolutely i agree that did not feel earned the way john killed her it was anticlimactic it's been said here it didn't feel earned there was no like emotionally like dramatically none of it felt like that it should have happened in that way, right? It felt really fast, quick, really rushed. It, it just, it, it felt wrong, right? And then you go to the Kingsmoot thing, and that's when the wheels completely fall off, like from a logic perspective, right? The Kingsmoot thing is, is nuts, right? Like, Grey Worm hasn't executed Tyrion. Tyrion gets brought in here, has the same voice as all these random people that are sitting around, and then they elect Bran, of all people. Like, the logic that Tyrion uses to justify why Bran to, should be king, it doesn't compute. I, I don't understand what his logic is. I, I honestly and don't... And Bran, know. who's always said that he can't be Lord of Winterfell because he's the Raven, yeah. but you can be king of the Seven Kingdoms? And then he flippantly says, 
why do you think I came here? It's like, what are you talking about, Bran? Like, you've never... Oh. Why do you want to be king? Like, the choice of Bran doesn't make sense. It felt like there was like, we needed to have um, a choice that was unexpected. So let's do Bran. It's like, what? Why? It doesn't make sense. He has no qualifications to rule. He spent the entire time beyond the wall. Like, he doesn't, un- he doesn't know any of these lords and kings. He doesn't understand the needs of the country. Why would Tyrion pick Bran? Bran? doesn't make sense. And then to top, the, like, and then they have this crazy, like, scene where all these lords just lose their minds and are like, I, okay, let's use Bran. What? Why? Why wouldn't these people argue more? Right? Like, mm. these are people who are clearly playing the Game of Thrones in inverted commas, who are playing the power politic, yet they just fall in line. It's like, okay, fine, this guy. And then to the cherry on top is Sansa sitting there, turning around saying, oh, by the way, the North secedes. What? How is this, how is this logical? As Jerry said, the Iron Isles have been talking about secession for generations. Why wouldn't Yara Greyjoy immediately stand up and go, well, you know what? If you let the North secede, we're out. Why wouldn't any of those guys immediately just go, we're out? Especially as there is no longer any power that can keep those kingdoms together. The dragons are gone. Exactly. There are no armies, really. Yeah, exactly. So why would they willingly submit to Bran? Absolutely. And so all of these, a sudden, all these people lose, lose their heads or are just like, oh, okay, it's for the good of the realm, we'll just all join hands. But Sansa doesn't have to. Hooray. This is especially off Yara in the last episode specifically went to Daenerys and said to her, if I give you my fleet, the Iron Isles become independent, right? We will recognize you as our monarch, but we are independently ruled. She specifically said that. Now you have a less powerful monarch, monarch without dragons, without the power, without the ability to enforce their power, and she just sits there like everybody else and just goes, "I okay, fine. This little kid in a wheelchair can, like, can rule us." It doesn't make sense. It and it actually contravenes. Like Gerald made the point, the Game of Thrones is about the exercise of power, right? And like, the power politic, right? And that scene completely undermines that theme. This theme that has been running through the entire series about, well, what gives you the, what makes a good ruler? What makes, like, how, what does a good ruler need in order to rule, right? It's kind of like, what do you need to exercise your power and what makes you a good exerciser of power? Like, these are crucial themes that are explored properly throughout the throughout the length of this series and in this last Kingsmoot scene it just it's just thrown out the window right because like the writers need it to go from point A to point B because they've said oh Bran would be an interesting choice let's just do that I that Kings they've they've always said that power well one of the things that they said about power they said many things about power one of those things is that power is where men's power lies where men say it lies and maybe that is what they were trying to get at by having a council vote you know a a, a first step towards democracy if not a proper one it just didn't make any sense because there was no reason for these places to submit yeah why exactly right because part of it is also Yes, power is where is where men choose for it to be, but there all there needs to be a motivation for someone to believe that that is the case, and typically that's fear or love, 
right? Like, you know, they've talked about that, right? Fear or love. And Bran has neither of these things because Bran knows none of these people. He knows none of these people. Honestly, has Bran ever met any of these people in his life? Doesn't know I'm any so of... sad. Right? I'm so sad. And Bran is not feared. He's a kid in a wheelchair. Like, why would they fear him? That scene blew my mind. And then you have the epilogue where... Look, I didn't mind... Look, I know that the scene with Tyrion as King of the Hand... I could not believe that Tyrion survived. I could not believe that Tyrion survived. Couldn't believe it. And then... So they have this scene with the Hand of the Hand where it's basic, where he's in the small council meeting and it's basically played as a feel-good scene, right? Because all the characters there are like the good guys in inverted commas, right? You've got Brienne, you have like Bronn who's like really chummy with Tyrion, you have Sam who somehow becomes the Archmaester, I think. It's just... And... That scene made me smile because in a sort of fan service sort of way, because it's like, yeah, I like all these characters. I like them a lot. But at the back of my mind, it's also like, this doesn't feel right. It feels like a fever dream rather than... No, 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 none of that does. Does anyone actually think this would be a good government? Like, just, just, just look at that small council. And it, it's the sort of crappy cabinet that makes the you know, the Trump cabinet look like the best and the brightest. Uh, there is not a single person there who's actually qualified for whatever job they've been allocated, except perhaps Tyrion. But he spent three seasons making himself look like such an idiot. One one questions whether he's actually entitled to the position of Hand of the King, whether he has any qualification uh, to, to hold that title. And so... You know, when you when, when all is said and done at the end of that scene, it, it really does play as comic relief. It's almost as if for for about ten minutes, Game of Thrones became Veep, uh, and and I, I don't know how Benioff and Weiss could possibly think that would wash. Yeah, yeah. Look, can uh, I ask a question? Why were the dragons born? This look <laughs> that that's a that's a that's a great question. It's so Danny could take the Iron Isles. Sorry, Danny could take the Seven Kingdoms and then instantly die. I guess. <laughs> so she could destroy the Night King. No, 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 Arya did that. Arya did that. Arya could have done it without her. <laughs> Well, also, the Night King, also Mags, Mags, the Night King, the Night King couldn't have made it beyond the wall if the king's doofuses, Brand the King, John hadn't got over there and given him one of their dragons. He but couldn't he, have even gotten over the wall. Yes, but this Arya couldn't kill him if he couldn't get over the wall, <laughs> and so he needed the dragon. This is so tragic. In order for him to be there, so that Arya could kill him. Ugh. Oh. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I any, in, honestly, retrospect, in retrospect, <laughs> everything would have been better if the Night King had won. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Why, I was not <laughs> expecting when John trotted over, you know, through the wall with Torment, his like, friendly man friend, and the uh, free folk and ghosts, that they would come across the Night King. 
That He's like, I'm back, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't die at all. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome. But, and it would have felt fit the tone of this episode as well, because it's just like so much random, unexpected stuff <sighs> that didn't make sense that happened. Um, yeah, like, even like these endings for the Starks, like, I can understand that they're trying to go for this bittersweet ending for John. And look, I like that he finally petted, petted his dog, right? I, I genuinely enjoyed that, but it, it's just like, uh, I mean, why does Arya go west? It, it doesn't make sense. Because they don't know what to do with her. She's the one who's saying, we're family, we have to stick together. Her sister is about to become, like, queen of the north or whatever, and her brother is mm. going to be king. She's got these skills that can help protect her family, Right. Why isn't she mm-hmm. the shadow power? Why isn't she, like, the master of spies for them? Or, like, someone who is, like, bodyguard for them? Because she's no right. one's she the should be an Yeah, why isn't she the enforcer? She should be their hound. She's not... She's no one's... No one controls her. She's not going to be under a position of... She's not going to be under, under anyone else's authority. So I, I get that. I get that, that there was nowhere to put her. You know, she's not going to have a boss, Okay. <laughs> so, um, ultimately, I think we're led to think that uh, what Aya sails west and what discovers America discovers either that or like sails into like China. I guess yeah. <laughs> she's either going to find China or America. <laughs> yeah, it, and the other thing is that she has never. So she's always got wanderlust, but she's never like talked about exploring, right? Like. It, it felt, it, 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 I mean, even that felt a little bit, I mean, that was like kind of minor, but even that felt just weird. There was just so many things that didn't feel earned, felt completely out of place. Like, I think it's an interesting exercise to think about, well, okay, so if you work with this idea that they still needed to get the pieces where they landed, right? So the final pieces need to be where they are at the end of the series, right? So you need to have the piece Danny dying somehow, right? You need to have John involved in her death somehow. And then you need to have... I really disagree with this decision. You somehow need to have Bran King, right? Could they have made that better? Like, could they have built an actual TV series with those pieces in those places that actually made sense? Because my... They really had to invest in the relationship between John and Danny and actually make us believe that they loved each other. And they had to invest in the idea that Danny was a good person who thought she was doing the right thing, but with each... Each power trip, she was just getting more and more corrupted slowly. They they had to they had to take time to show that there was no other way. Maybe with the right amount of time, it could have been a good tragedy. Hmm. The whole thing about Bran being king just seems like an afterthought. Like someone has to be king. It's not going to be John because we're not going to give that to you. We're not going to give him that hero's you know hero's arc. So and he's going to kill Danny anyway. So he can't be. Um, it's got to be someone. And I think they just went for Bran. But, you know, I actually felt that that choice of having Bran as the king was re- was a really false note for me, right? Because in a show which has been so realistic in the depiction of power politics, in it feels like 
in a situation where there is this sort of power vacuum, right? And we know that Garum is all about using history as an inspiration for his work, right? Um, in a situation where there's this sort of power vacuum, what happens is like warring states, right? All these states fracture. No one acknowledges the authority of anybody else. And it just becomes like disintegrates into warring states again. So in some ways... I mean, if you believe that knowledge is power, then Bran is very powerful. And Bran could probably walk into Drogon. So maybe he has... Yeah, but, but they don't show that, right? So no, I you know. need to like if, if 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 it's because Bran can walk into Drogon, you need to show that because otherwise, mm. what is keeping these guys in line, right? When you've been so mm. realistic about the depiction of power, honestly, what is keeping these guys in line? You need to mm. show that he can just walk into Drogon and bring Drogon down and go, "F you guys, I'm the power around here now, so you better fall into line." So yeah. Mm. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, so look, I I think at this point, it's very. Is there anything? So look, I, we were going to go through the episode piece by piece, but I think we've basically gone through the episode piece by piece at this mm-hmm. point, right? Is there anything else we kind of really want to add? Because I've got a sort of interesting thought experiment sort of thing that I kind of want to. Um, I I just want to draw to attention. Finally, there's that little scene, uh, possibly an F you to the audience, almost certainly an F you to George R.R. R. Martin, in which Sam presents Tyrion with a copy of a book called The Song in Ice and Fire. Yeah. Um, and and it doesn't mention Tyrion. So it's like this. So the idea, the idea being a book that calls itself a song, and ice, of a song in Ice and Fire is really crap and doesn't present the whole story, um, which is kind of... In a sense, because George hasn't finished the freaking story, so it really, it really felt like a bit of an fu to 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 Gurm, and perhaps deservedly so, because it's kind of his fault that you know um, Benioff and Weiss have had to have had have had to construct the last you know part of this story on their own without without the guidance of source material, and and, and have done a, a pretty ordinary job at doing so. So I just thought, again, that was perhaps the most fourth wall breaking scene or moment of the entire episode. And it was, it really was a, a sense that we really was about it, a sense of adding insult to injury. Yeah. Do, do, okay. So here's, here's the first question, right? Do we actually think the ending that D and D have put forward is the same ending that Garam is putting forward? I think the main points are going to hit. I think Danny's going to Danny's going to go full mad queen. John's going to kill Danny. Bran's going to be on the throne. See, I I agree that the main plot point of Danny and John that relationship and them killing each other, well, John killing Danny, I agree that Garum is probably going to do that. I I'm I'm less certain that Bran being on the throne is part of Garum's overall plan. Right? I, like Look, I, I've been listening to... I, I downloaded the audiobook for Fire and Blood, and I feel like Gurum is a pretty thoughtful writer, right? Like, I mean, he's a very slow writer, and he decided to write a completely other... Like, a companion book instead of finishing the next book in the series, right? But um, definitely the way this story is told, it 
it doesn't feel really true to those books. And maybe I'm grasping at straws here, but like, yeah, it doesn't really feel true to those books. I, I, but I, he's got to have told them who sits on the throne or if there's going to be a throne. Like, that's got to be part of the bullet points. I, like, but I don't know. I don't know. I feel like the, the key bullet point is Danny kills, kills, sorry, John kills Danny. And then... Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it, the idea of Bran sitting on the throne, there needs to be so much more justification for that to work. Because the way the show's portrayed that is just so unsatisfying. Yeah, like, I think I think if if George if if Gurm did tell Benioff and Weiss that Bran ends up on the throne, I think there's a very healthy chance that at this meeting over lunch somewhere in Beverly Hills where the show the idea of doing the books as a show was discussed um, between the three of them, I have a sneaky suspicion he was punking them and they ran with it. Yeah. Yeah, unless... Because it is, it, is, it is pretty random. Like, there is nothing in Brand's history to suggest that he has any capacity for leadership whatsoever. He has built a complete war between himself and those who care for him the most. Um, you know, Jojen Reed and his sister and the other Stark children. He's so emotionally closed off. He's, you know, sort of incapable, really of relating with his subjects. So I just don't see um, what possible logic there is to the decision to have him end up as the wearer of the crown. There is perhaps something... I can understand the thematic reason for it, the idea being that, you know, sort of because stories unite us, the storyteller is the leader of the community. And so in a way... Um, both the novels, if the novels are tending in this direction, and the show are intended to be ultimately a comment about the um, virtues and the necessity um, of storytelling as that most fundamental of um, community-building traits that we as Homo sapiens have that distinguishes us from any other species, certainly any other possible species of humans such as Neanderthals, etc., so I kind of get that idea, um, and it's not a particularly new or innovative idea, but I understand why it's being pushed front and centre at this particular moment. But it was just executed in such a ham-handed way. There was no track laid for it beforehand uh, that it, it really did feel someone was having a laugh at our expense. Mm. Maybe this is why Garum is taking so long, because he's set himself these, these posts... And he has no idea how to get to them. While Benioff and Weiss yes. just don't care. They're just like, I'll just like... Okay, look. I mean, I won't lie. I love going on Reddit and looking at memes for this show. And I think there's this meme that I think is perfect, right? Where there's this picture of a maze. And it's, it shows like seasons one to five. And it follows this maze. And then seasons seven and eight basically just as a line. They just stop following the maze and they just draw a line from where they are straight to the end point, right? And it's just like, and maybe that's why. Like, he's like, okay, well, if I need to get to this ending, how do I actually set it up? Because the way these guys have set it up, Bran is this emotion, like, it just doesn't make sense why they would, if they knew they were going for a final position where Bran is king, why would they turn him into this emotionless sort of, like, 
sort of automaton almost, right? Like, it, it seems so weird, right? Because if you think about it, even all the way up to season five, he was still like a pretty normal guy, right? Even when he was learning to be Three-Eyed Raven, he was a pretty normal guy. And then they actively made the decision to turn him into this emotionless robot. Like, yeah, overnight. Yeah, a good human being, let alone a good ruler, cannot lack emotion. That yeah. can't be the message. Yeah, and it's so, it's so it's so weird that they chose to go at it to change his character so drastically, yet have his character end up in that position. It's just a really bizarre note. Yeah. Um, so, the final thing I wanted to talk about is... Um, so, we all know that online petitions don't matter a jot, right? But there is this online petition out right now to remake... I think season eight, I think it may involve part of season seven as well, right? I genuinely believe that HBO should remake. I know that it's unlikely to happen, but I actually think from a business perspective, HBO should remake it because one, like I am sure people would watch it. (laughs) I'm sure, to be honest, I, I think we would probably watch it, right? This show has been the biggest show on earth for however many years, if they do something completely out of the box and go, hey, we get it, this was effed up, we're going to remake it, I'm sure people would tune in, right? My question is, if they had 10 or 12 episodes to do this season, do you think they could do something, like, but they didn't change the overarching plot, do you think that this would would have been a more believable ending? I think they needed a bit more time than that. Even more than 10 or 12 episodes. Maybe maybe in 12 episodes, but I think uh, uh, more time, much more time. Think about how, how they had, what, six seasons to get almost nowhere. Like, it's a very small amount of things happened in six seasons, and we loved mm. it. Mm. Um, this, this whole The Night King battle, John and Danny meeting, falling in love, Danny breaking bad... Don, John killing Danny. That's like that's like almost three times the content of what of you know uh, of the first six seasons. So no, I don't think they could have done it in another six episodes. No. Mm-hmm. I've got to say, for my part, I think this des- the destination. Assuming that this is the destination we're speaking about, is so irredeemably bad uh, that I don't think more episodes could have saved the show. I mean, the fact of the matter is there, I, I get, I get what you say, Darren, about the, the shift in, in Brand's character, but let, let it be assumed that there was no shift in Brand's character. Even then, I don't see how he could possibly be the correct candidate for wearing the crown at the end of the show. I just think that, that is so irredeemably disappointing. You know, I have just had, a very, very disappointing weekend. Uh, for those listeners from Australia, the, my political party just lost an election that it had no business losing, and I, and honestly, this episode of television was even more disappointing than that. Uh, <laughs> um. and, and so, and so, just, to, just, I don't see how any of this could possibly be redeemed even even in the space of 10 to 12 episodes this season i think a lot of the problems um had their origins in season seven so you would need 
a complete redo of season season seven as well. Yes, I um, agree. Quite frankly, you might need a bit of recasting because does anyone on the planet buy the chemistry between Amelia Clark and Kit Harrington? Because I certainly don't. There was certain, there was more chemistry between him and uh, Rose Leslie, which is understandable given that they're now married. But hell, there was even more chemistry between him and Melisandre in this sort of four minutes the two of them shared on screen uh, in the entire run of the series. So and with Sansa and with Arya. and with Sansa, can I just say that I, like there was a moment when Sansa and John got reunited that I was like, "Is Sansa sweet on John?" Like, yeah, that 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 took the internet. Yeah. yeah. So, so it, yeah, I agree. Amelia, like, I, I think I think there would be so much if this if this is the destination you want to redeem. So much reconstructive surgery is required. Um, for the seasons that preceded it and the casting that was made at the very beginning of the show, that you would actually have to remake, I think, the entire series with a different cast in order to justify uh, the final destination. Well, I have no doubt that's going to happen, right? When, when I'm assuming that Garum at some point will finish the books, I have no doubt the moment Garum puts down his pen on the final one of those books one of these HBO will basically relaunch Game of Thrones, right? I've no doubt that's going to happen. Um, yeah. I I agree with you, Gerald, that they would have to remake seven, se, se, uh, Season 7 as well as Season 8. I think it's going to take time, because we can't unsee this, guys. We can't <laughs> unsee it. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was actually... Yeah, ref- I mean- this really is like you know what this is. This is like it's like it, yeah, it, you can't see it. It's like it's like seeing really sort of something really, really, really almost traumatic. You know, the, you know, sort of like it's it's like you know what it is. It's like walking in on your parents having sex. You just cannot unsee this, and it is horrible. Um, and 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 it leaves you completely gutted with this hollow feeling in the pit of your stomach, um, and and it leaves you you know sort of wanting to tear your eyes out. I just I just think. Uh, <laughs> uh, Does the internet like this episode? No, there's there's no way the look. The uh, mo- Twitter, Twitter did not like this episode. Twitter and the the thing is Twitter's perspective is is always slightly interesting because a lot of a lot of people hated. Uh, the choice of Bran because uh, he just he just didn't do any of the work to to, to earn it. So yeah. part of the internet is saying, well, this is another case of some some white man who hasn't done any of the work uh, getting the job, even though there are more qualified women uh, ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's one call that's been made in corners of the internet. But I think generally there is a great deal of dissatisfaction with this episode, and certainly I think the critical reaction has been swift. And uh, almost uh, universally negative. Yeah, there's definitely like so. This ending actually got leaked um, quite a while ago, actually before the season actually even opened. I know. I've been avoiding it, yeah. and I haven't known it. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I'm on. I'm always lurking around on our free folk because it's amazing for me. Did you know about this ending? <laughs> I did not. I didn't because I made an active choice not to read the spoilers 
um, on Free Folk, but everybody who had read the spoilers on Free Folk were basically like, you guys were in for a treat. <laughs> Right, like sarcastically. <laughs> yes, or... you know, with a massive okay. troll face. Right, you guys okay. are in for a, for a treat. So, yeah, like I didn't realize how much of a treat I was in for, but um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, look, I actually think that if they had made a good episode, the moment, the way the internet works, the momentum had been so bad on the last two episodes that I doubt they were going to satisfy anybody. But then they just turned around and made a corker. So... Am I wrong for being really sad and disappointed that John wasn't enough of a hero? No, you're not wrong. I I don't... Like, was he a hero? Am I not seeing it? Because it didn't have the right music or it didn't have the right fight scene (laughs) or the right end. Like, like, someone console me. Like, talk me down from this. Darling, the thing is... I've never really seen John as hero material just because he's so dumb. So, <laughs> so you know, in the scene where he has to be talked into realizing that like genocide is bad. That was cutting. Um, I, I, I just thought that was that that was the latest example of John being a complete and utter dill. Uh, so. I never, I never, I was never invested in him as a hero. Bearing in mind though that he had heroic moments, like in Hard Home, but Battle of the Bastards. Lo- no, that was just stupid. No, by and large, he's been he's been so dumb for so long that by the end, when we found out that he did transcend his own limitations to become a messianic figure to cure the ills of Westeros, that did not perturb me one jot because um, I just didn't, he just didn't have it in him. He was just too much, he was just too much of a fool. Uh, So sorry to disappoint, but I I just never, I just never bought him as the ultimate hero of the show. And it sounds like the showrunners never thought of him as such as well. If it's, Mm. if, if their, if their comments about him being dumb Mm. are to be believed. Mags, did you did you feel like John was the hero we needed? Did he strike you in the same way? Or as Or just the America? hero we deserve? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we're all dumb, so yeah. so we deserve that <laughs> hero. You know, we were we were dumb to watch this show in the first place, given how it's completely left us in the lurch, and and our dumbness is being rewarded with uh, with with a completely and utterly dumb hero. Mags, do you have wise words about the hero issue? Uh, I don't know if I do, Anajab. I was just going to say, maybe we're all in a dream and we'll wake up in the morning and it'll be Monday. And it's all <laughs> I, I, could, I could relive a Monday if it meant, you know, a different ending. <laughs> I, I still oh, look, well. Yeah, look, I think... Look, at the end of the day, I still feel... I, I don't feel like cheated... That cheated out of Game of Thrones, right? Yes, the ending was crap, right? Yes, the last season could have been a lot better. But you know what? This has been a cultural phenomenon. Like, I've enjoyed just, like, WhatsApp chats and chats with you guys and chats with whoever about Game of Thrones, right? Like, I I, I don't necessarily regret... I, I don't feel like it. it's the same sort of thing as Lost, right? 
I, know, I, I honestly don't think, think it's the same sort of thing as Lost. This is not a good ending. Absolutely. I feel like it's not a good ending. But I don't feel like I've wasted my time. I felt like I got five pretty decent seasons of television and two very rushed seasons of television and one ending that was not satisfying at all and quite, like, sort of, like, unclear why they decided to do these things, right? But... You know, I kind of feel like this is like the beta of Game of Thrones, and when Garum finishes the books, they'll remake it. But at that time, we'll probably all be 50. Um, but it's fine. Like, I'll, I'll go back for another another burl at it. We'll see We'll see how it, how it ends. Um, but yeah, like, look, I, I, I don't have any words of consolation for you. And I don't, mm. Like, I, I... Look, I like Jon Snow a lot as a character, right? But I think they really did his character a disservice in this last... It doesn't take away the fact that I, I do feel like he was heroic in previous episodes, and I feel like he's incredibly... He's written as a very honourable, albeit kind of makes questionable choices style of character. But, yeah. You mean like, Dan. <laughs> but Danny and John, like, it's not really just on... John's shoulders, the way that story fell flat, it is absolutely because they didn't really have chemistry and the love story was not believable enough. Danny's change wasn't believable enough. All of this was orchestrated in the space of one and a half episodes. Like, mm. how can he How can he possibly be like heroic when his aim is basically to murder her in one and a half episodes? Like, there's mm. just not enough time for those that relationship to mature, for that motivation to genuinely build up, right? And like, do you think Gorm can tell this story in a really like good I do. way? I do actually. I do think Gorm can tell this story in a better way. I, I do. I, I feel like I honestly believe. Okay, this is this is my. I think that the reason this show ended like this is because D and D lost interest. I honestly think that's what happened, right? They were yeah, told that's like, sure. right. Yeah, they, I, they are we know so that. keen. We know that. They've got they've got their Star Wars deal. They they they've just completely checked out. and want to move on to that. So they have they have lost interest, and it's quite obvious yeah. that they have. Yeah. Um, so they were. They I'm were not get... entirely sure that that George R R Martin has it in him to finish the story. Oh, someone will, if not him. Yeah. His estate will sell the rights to somebody, no matter what he wants. And the story will get finished, it. and it, it like it doesn't necessarily have to follow these same plot beats, right? I absolutely believe that there's huge mm. gaps in this story. The Night King story is so hugely oh. dissatisfied, right? Imagine like, looking back on that now, the Night King story. God. He was just... That's like a bad joke, looking back on that now. Yeah, they fought what one... What was the point of that? Yeah, he, they fought one battle that was supposed to be, like, the battle for mankind. It was just, like, it was over in a night. Someone stabbed him. Done. <laughs> I, was, I was reading an article about how, in this um, season, the MVPs are actually all the daggers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the daggers do a lot of work. Um, yeah, but, like, absolutely, if you have... If you took more time and you actually explored the motivations for the Night King, you know, like, made it feel like they were actually more of a threat, right? That they actually took more land than they actually could, than they actually did in the, in the, in the TV series. You know, you know, made that drama more mm. realistic, mm. like, more intense, 
Yeah, absolutely. I think you could rectify the Night King thing. You just need to have some sort of back. Like you need to have him have some sort of motive, some sort of motivation for this villain, or like have some sort of reason why he's doing this, right? I mean, the most dissatisfying thing about the Night King is we knew nothing about it. It was just like mm. zombie. It just became like it, it became a zombie. That's movie. what made him so interesting until they then killed him without giving us any information, exactly. and then he was utterly boring and uninteresting. Yeah, I was thinking. You know? Yeah, I was thinking about this, right? Like, wouldn't you have, even if you needed him to die in that battle, wouldn't you have had an episode which was just him and Bran in the metaphysical Warg world, like facing off mm. against each other? If they were nemeses, instead of just sitting there like warging into random birds, wouldn't Bran have faced him like metaphysically at least? With what? Like a sword? He's <laughs> never he's never wielded. Well, but you know, like. You know, to actually demonstrate his three-eyed raven powers, right? Because the assumption ah. is maybe that he's got actual powers in the metaphysical world. But, like, there's right. like, yeah. nothing. It was nothing, right? He, Bran didn't have any powers. The Night King was just some guy who got stabbed. It's just like, what? Why did we mm. go through all this, right? So, absolutely, I feel like if you had more time, you were more thoughtful about it. You didn't feel like, well, I just need to kill this guy because I need to get to this point in one episode's time. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, 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 I feel like a lot of this is driven by creators who no longer really had a creative appetite to do this because they were bored with it, they wanted to move on to something else. And so they were just like, well, these are the posts we need to go to, so we'll just travel to these posts. And mm-hmm. everything suffers as a result because you draw that straight line to those posts and it doesn't make sense. Right or the stories are hugely unsatisfying. I think the Night King is probably the. It's not the easiest one to solve, but it's the most visible one. The one, the story of Danny and John. Well, I I don't really know how to solve that one, right? But I feel like with more time, better chemistry. Um, you know, like I, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, but definitely more it time. Yeah, yeah, more time. It definitely doesn't. It shouldn't end with just one conversation with John and Tyrion, and then John knifes her. It's just there's there's so many things about that that just don't feel right, right? Not just that. Not just. Not to mention, not to mention that John says to her, "You killed innocent children," and then yeah. she says something about it, and then he says, "But what about Tyrion?" men, women, and children. Is that okay? As long as you freeze Tyrion, your buddy? Like, yeah. yeah, and Danny... Oh Danny as well. Like, look, I I was the one who was defending, like, Danny's actions in our last podcast, right? And I do believe that they sowed the seed. Like, they showed that Danny had it in her to go full fire and blood. But I absolutely yeah. also agree that... That transition, the specific transition to that moment, does not make sense, right? It yeah. doesn't feel earned. It doesn't feel organic, right? Yes, they sowed the seeds in previous seasons, but you still need to make the actual transformation organic and believable. And they didn't do that. They didn't do that, right? It, it's just like... And then, so, this episode, they have Danny go up to John as if nothing has happened, 
Like, you know, like the scene where Daddy goes to John, it's played in such a way that she's like, hey, what's up, man? Yeah. yeah, did you, yeah. What do you think about the way we just sacked this city, bro? It was awesome, right? It's just like, what? <laughs> oh, anyway. Okay, well, regardless, I, I still feel like it's been a fun ride with you guys anyway on our little podcast every week. So, um, yeah. I'm just glad we're getting a puppy in a few weeks because I need that level of consolation <laughs> to feel better about all of this. <laughs> Make sure you pet it. Make sure I you will pet, pet it. it every day. <laughs> until That's I right. get a dragon and then I will discard it until yeah. my dragon dies and then I'll go reclaim my pet puppy. This is how this is how bad the finale is. Getting something that'll shit all over the house is still better than this finale. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't want that puffy editor, I'll be the torment. I'll be your torment <laughs> <laughs> until you come north again to re- retake. Oh. <laughs> All right, maybe we'll feel better about it with some time passing. Hey? Yeah. yeah, I know you didn't no. mind it, Darren, but maybe the, maybe the rest of us will. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you so much, guys, for joining me tonight. Um, I wish we could have talked about a more dramatic. Um, engaging and fitting final episode, but it was not to be. Um, but it was still fun talking about this farcical abomination. <laughs> 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 what can I do but laugh? <laughs> um, thanks, guys. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.